Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. by the name of Andrew. Uh, he's a disciple that the Lord Jesus loved. But as you begin to see his life, um, he, he's one who is not in your face. He's one who is uh, in the background the whole time. He's one that uh, is not accredited to much glory, if you like. Uh, he's not one that that was wanting to be in the limelight. But as soon as the Lord Jesus Christ calls him, and he's the first disciple that's called, and as Jesus Christ calls him, and he follows the Lord Jesus, he goes straight to his brother, Peter, and calls Peter. And the, the thought of, of this man being in the background, and his brother takes the limelight, is not very popular. Uh, and so there's no uh, sense of antagonism when it comes to Andrew uh, when he decides to follow Jesus. And as he does that, uh, he, he doesn't uh, go back and uh, have a hissy fit because his brother Peter is one of the inner circle, Peter, James, and John. And so uh, here you begin to see this man who is pretty humble uh, but always in the background. He's one who uh, basically works the crowd. He's one who sees an opportunity uh, and goes to see how he can be a bridge builder. Now, in the Old Testament, the name Yeshua, Joshua, means bridge builder. And in the New Testament, translation of Yeshua is Jesus, and one who builds a bridge, a bridge between humanity and God. We know that after creation, there was a schism uh, through Adam and Eve. And here, Jesus comes and builds that bridge to connect the two together. And so, this man in the background, but an absolute wonderful bridge builder. I don't know about you uh, and how many Bibles you have, but uh, I've got heaps. Um, there's pictures up on the screen of, of all the different Bibles and translations that we have. Um, you know, th there's heaps of them. The student Bible, the men's Bible, the woman's Bible, the children's Bible, uh, the every single type of Bible you want. And I was just thinking, uh, is there a servant's Bible? No. Because it's something, you know, that's not very popular in the day and age that we live in. But uh, yeah, I think if there was a, a, a servant's Bible, we, it wouldn't be a bestseller. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we begin to realize that, that, that it's all about popularity in the day and age that we live in. But Andrew was not one of those who was popular. Folk, uh, as a preacher and a teacher, I, I want to be famous. 
I want to be kind of in the top. I want to be a Billy Graham. I want to be a Mother Teresa. Um, but who knows Mordecai Ham? The, the one who brought Billy Graham to the Lord. Not many of us know about Mordecai Ham, uh, this kind of insignificant person in the left-hand corner there, scary looking. But he was the one that preached the gospel faithfully, and God intervened and led Billy Graham to the Lord. And we know uh, Billy Graham was the greatest evangelist uh, of our time. Who knows those interesting-looking people uh, top right-hand side of the screen there? Well, those are Yugoslav missionaries. They were the ones that were instrumental in bringing Mother Teresa to the Lord. And God uses insignificant people who are in the background to accomplish his purposes. Might I say insignificant Andrews in the background uh, to, to bring saints back to the kingdom. I want to show you a clip, and this clip uh, is uh, part of a documentary about the New Zealand SAS, and uh, these men are, once they graduate from their training, uh, they become the first among equals, and you'll see in the short clip that it will follow that these are, are men and women who go through tough times to become part of the New Zealand SAS regiment. And once they finish up their training and they have qualified, they are given a grey beret. And one thing that's said to them once they receive their beret, and I quote, is, uh, don't let things get to your head. So with that grey beret, they get a broom to show, although they are part of the elite in the world, in, in the soldier area, they are not to become arrogant. And so when they finish the parade, they got, are issued with a broom. And there is a man on the right-hand side there that has that broom and is uh, pretty much uh, carrying out the command of don't become arrogant because you have now graduated. Let's have a look at this clip. Fifty men set out to join the NZSAS. Today, only five have earned that badge. To be badged, uh, for us, to be badged in the SAS was um, uh, the highlight of, our, uh, of my career anyway. Went home and on leave, and I thought I was the king of the castle, and I felt it ever since. When you put that beret on, you must feel ten foot tall. Said, oh, done that, and um, now let's um, try and demonstrate that you're worthy of it. We are the pilgrims, master. We shall go always a little further. It's not about the marching. It's not about that. It goes deeper. It, it's more of a, a sense of achievement within, I think. 
Today, two families combine, the families of those being badged with a family that is one NZSAS group. We're all, yeah, yeah, humble. New Zealand Special Air Service Bureaus are presented to those personnel who have qualified on the NZSAS basic cycle of training. Your turn for operational service will come soon enough. Congratulations, we wear this beret with pride. You have a great deal more to learn and remember always the pursuit of excellence. This is a significant rite of passage. You now stand with us and share a bond unlike any other. You are now one of us. All the lessons you've learned through cycle and selection, knowing that you can go that little bit further. All the skills that you've picked up. And knowing that that's just the beginning. That's Once we come to faith in Christ, that's just the beginning. That's the beginning that we pick up our broom and follow him with a broom in hand, if you like. And Andrew was a man like that. John chapter 1, verses 40 to 42. John chapter 1, verses 40 to 42. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. There's a beautiful word there uh, found in verse 41. We have found the Messiah. It's the Greek word evrisko, or the, the English translation eureka. I have found, I have discovered. There was a bit of a gap in my heart, but eureka, I have discovered that missing point. I have found that which I have been looking for and have now obtained it. I've got it, and I want to go and share it with those I come into contact with. And so, folk, you'll see the name Andrew appears very little there because afterwards, uh, and he brought his brother Jesus, uh, Peter to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you're Simon, son of John, you'll be called Cephas, uh, which they, when translated is Peter. And so you begin to realize that this man, Andrew, is not uh, a significant role player in the things of fame. I want to share a few thoughts with you on this disciple, Andrew. Firstly, every disciple of Jesus needs to start off by being an Andrew. Every disciple of Jesus needs to start off by being an Andrew. You know, rather than, than glory uh, in the fact that, uh, you know, he was the first one called by Jesus and goes and, and uh, wants to boast about that, the first thing he does is follow Jesus and go and call his brother Peter. Hey, Peter, I have found what I've been looking for. I won't sing you that song. I have found what I've been looking for. Come and meet him too. And that's what happens when you meet Jesus. Because it's the filling that you have received that overflows. And what overflows out of you, as you share that, you keep it. But as you keep it for yourself, you lose it. Let me say that again. It's from the filling that you overflow, the filling of the presence, 
that you found in the Lord Jesus Christ being a disciple. And as you find the Lord Jesus Christ, you go and share your story. This is what I found. Not it's my crutch, you know, and I've been broken, and this is my crutch, you know, to get me back on my feet. No, I have Eureka. I've I've discovered Jesus. There's something that has been missing. I found him. His name is Jesus. And as he does that, uh, Jesus touches Peter. You see, for Andrew, position didn't matter because he'd found security in the Lord Jesus Christ. And folk, that's what happens. I'm reminded of two people in the Old Testament, two brothers, unlike Andrew and Peter, uh, Cain and Abel. Jealousy, strife, antagonism. What happens? Cain kills Abel. Here, Andrew comes to faith, first one, follows Jesus and goes and wants to share the good news. And I would be a little bit jealous because I would say, Lord Jesus... You know, I brought Peter, and now he's part of the inner circle, you know, of Peter, James, and John. What about me? What about me? I'm the one that you called first, but what about me? (laughs) But folk, discipleship and a following of the Lord Jesus Christ on a journey and in relationship with him is radical. It's radical because you begin to see that it's not about you, but it's about the Lord Jesus Christ in you. And so here is Andrew Uh, not all about prestige and fame and fortune, no, becomes one who serves, one who receives that gray beret in this context that we saw the video, but also grabs the broom and serves. He was one of the pillars in the relationship, but he wasn't uh, a pillar that was upfront and famous uh, in following the Lord Jesus Christ. Pretty selfless, had this uh, beautiful gift of serving Uh, Doesn't hit the front page of the newspaper, though. Doesn't hit the front page of the newspaper. But secondly, as a disciple, as a mature disciple, Andrew continues to serve. He continues to serve. And and the next time you you read about Andrew is uh, in the context of John chapter 6, where Jesus feeds the 5,000. Now, folk, we all know that Jesus had preached a little bit too long, um, and in fact, way too long, and, and uh, the, the people needed to eat. And they go, uh, it's too late to send the people home, so what happens when there's 5,000 people? Well, panic, because the IGA is closed, Woolies is closed, Coles is closed, and you know what? It's after hours now. What do we do? But who do we find uh, who comes up with some sort of solution? Uh, Philip who becomes a good mate with Andrew and says, it's impossible. Great solution. <laughs> Thanks, Philip. But Andrew says, yes, it is impossible. And Philip says, listen, it's going to take eight months' salary to try and feed these people. But God uses Andrew and says, there's a little boy with five loaves and two fish. That's not going to go too far. What even feed us 12 disciples? That's enough just for that little boy. But you know what? He, remember we said he's a bridge builder, this Andrew. He brings this little boy to Jesus. And Jesus undertakes and feeds the 5,000. We know there's 12 baskets 
left for everybody. And so, folk, it's amazing that here Andrew comes with no massive solution but builds that bridge and finds somebody to bring to Jesus. Who knew Billy Graham or Mother Teresa would turn out the way they did? But here are these faithful Yugoslav missionaries. Here is this faithful preacher, Mordecai Ham, who, who say, I'm going to do my best, Lord, to, to uh, sow the seeds of goodwill, sow the seeds of the gospel. And God, it's your prerogative what you do with that. I'm going to try and act as a bridge builder, if you like. And so what happens? The fame doesn't go to Andrew. Fame goes to Jesus. But I suppose the other hero in the story is that young man <laughs> that is, you know, uh, the one who doesn't write home about, listen, mom, it, it was my lunch that fed the 5,000. No, he humbly uh, submits childlike faith. But there's a bit of imagination here, imagination of what God can do. And that's what Andrew uh, links into, that God can do something amazing. Now, if you're sitting here this morning, you go, uh, often like what I think, can any good come out of this? Absolutely not. No, God does amazing things. God does amazing things, despite who we are. God calls you and I to be bridge builders, to graduate as, as disciples, if you like, and followers of Jesus, but to grab our broom and to go and see where we can make a difference, to become a bridge builder, if you like, and through imagination, you never know what God can do. You see, when we sow seeds, it feels unfair that somebody else reaps the fruit. But folk, there are many, many times where we reap the fruit of somebody else's sowing. I'll never forget a week before I left Darwin, I was able to uh, lead this man to the Lord. I'd been uh, friends with him and, and walked the road with him for about six months. He knew the Bible extremely well. He was a Muslim man, and uh, every time we spoke, you know, we'd talk about the things of God. Uh, he would ask me questions about the Scripture. I would interact with him. And uh, the last time, or the second last time we met, uh, he, he gave his life to the Lord. And it's not because of the six months that I spent with him. It's because of all the seeds that were sown uh, by a pastor in Sydney for years in John's life. And I was able to lead John to the Lord and baptized him on the day we left Darwin. What a blessing that was. And so it wasn't a waste of time in the kingdom of God. I reaped. Uh, it was the most amazing thing in ministry but it's because others sowed a seed. Others were able to be those bridge builders and sow those seeds. And I pray that you and I uh, can sow those seeds despite not receiving or, or benefiting from the fruit. But at least we're able to, to look for some sort of solution in the process. But thirdly, uh, Andrew had an interesting name. The word Andrew in Greek means manly. He was a, a, a solid man, Andra in Greek. You know, um, w w before I got married, uh, my, my, my mother said to me, you must be a good Andra. You must be manly. Uh, and clearly I've lived up to that. Um, <laughs> but th this man, Andrew, uh, you, you think, well, look at me. I should be on the front page of every magazine. No. Uh, Andrew lived up to his name 
but not on the front page, but rather as a follower of Jesus in that next point. And so here is Andrew, who, who realized that beautiful proverb uh, in chapter 11, verse 30, where it, it says, a man who wins souls is wise. A man who wins souls is wise. And that word wins, a man who brings people to the Lord Jesus Christ. A man uh, or woman who, who, who sees that great need, uh, that particular person is wise. And that word wise, the Hebrew word, kaokam, you know, it kind of fills your mouth. It's like yeah, a, a, a person who, who wins souls for Jesus is very skillful and intelligent. They know where their priorities are. And Andrew was a man like that. And I think the church uh, uh, desperately needs uh, Andrews who will follow Jesus, who, who don't see everything as this impossible task, you know, but w will allow God to intervene in a mighty, mighty way. You see, God is looking for a willing heart, a willing heart that's prepared to, to just sow a seed, uh, a seed that will, will allow God, by the Holy Spirit, to water it, and good can come from it. There's a verse, 1 Peter 4.10, uh, I think it will be put up, uh, 1 Peter 4.10. It, it's, it's a powerful verse in the New Testament. And I did some studies along this line on the rediscovery of the role of the laity in the church. And, and in 1 Peter 4.10, a profound verse comes up, and it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The rediscovery of the role of the laity. Uh, now, folk, in, in Scripture, there's often, in fact, in society, there's often a difference in uh, between the clergy, priests and pastors, and laity, the rest of the congregation. I would be part of the clergy, you would be part of the laity. From a biblical perspective, there is no difference. We are gifted differently. And so when, when Peter writes, each of you should use whatever gift, the Greek word their gift is the word charisma, which is actually the grace of God. The grace of God. It means it's your religious qualification, if you like. It's your free gift that's given not because of your hairstyle or your good looks or your weight. It's given freely as a gift from God. Each one of us, Peter is saying, has received a grace from God. You've received it to serve. The word serve there is the word diakoneo, where we get the English word deacon, which actually means one who serves, one who waits on tables. So if I thought wait uh, as in kind of, you know, you wait. Hopefully something will happen. No, you're a waiter. You serve. You serve on tables. The, the picture behind this word diaconeo, or the English word deacon, is that you are like a busy chook. Greek word chook. No, you're a busy chicken that, that's going around you know, kind of scratching, looking for a worm or looking for, uh, creating dust. That's what you're doing. You're busy creating dust because you want to serve. And so whatever grace God has given you and me, it's not hierarchical. It's sideways because we are gifted differently and we are to use those gifts for His honor and for His glory. 
you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The word stewards there um, is a beautiful word, economos, where we get the English word economy from. And so what is he saying? Listen, if you've received four amounts of grace, if you like, whatever, if we can put an amount to it, four amounts of grace, use it wisely. How wisely? Well, so you can produce good fruit. So for example, if I've got $100 and I put it into the, uh, a bank account and I'm promised 10%, I will realize it's a miracle. No, uh, once I've got that 10%, at the end of that year, that $100 should be $110 because 10% of 100 is 10, so 100 plus my uh, 10% interest is $110. That's been an economically vi viable investment. Whatever grace you have received, whether four or five or whatever it might be, use it wisely in God's kingdom. Serve wisely, diaconeo, so you are able to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, because you're a good economos. You're a good steward of the grace God has given you. And so you say to me, well, you know, thank you so much for that. How can I use that? Well, in the New Testament, there is what we call the priesthood of all believers. Priesthood of all believers. And that's uh, basically a fancy theological word to say that each one of us has been gifted in a certain way, and you and I are priests. We are servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are educators. We lead people. We lead our families. We, we, we lead people in the things of God. We priests and, and kings and queens, if you like, and that's for another time. But listen, there are many opportunities that we can serve one another. And so all believers have gifts. And we are to use them wisely. For what? For ministry. So there, there, there should be the edification of the body of Christ. Edification means to build up. For what purpose? For the glorification of the Lord Jesus Christ. Edify means to build up. Glorify means to make famous. So we edify one another. We build one another up. And Jesus gets the fame. Glorify. And so you and I use whatever we've been given by God's grace to glorify one another. Because the reason for the filling is the overflow, remember? And so in the church, we need to uh, constantly be growing in the things of God through training, uh, through teaching, through education. Tomorrow night we meet again, 7 o'clock, for grit. So please uh, come to that. Um, you know, we all are, are to be doing things in the local church. And you say to me, well, like what? Let me give you some examples. Well, like visiting, like visiting, visiting the sick. Uh, if you know somebody that's not well, you, you can dial the church and one of the pastors can go and visit, but you are qualified to go and visit that person as well. It does not take a pastor to go and pray for somebody, for the person to become well. You can pray. And I can pray. You can read a little passage. I can read a passage. So we are all to, to visit the sick. What about visiting newcomers to our neighborhood? I was telling this to my, my beautiful mom. And uh, I said, Mom, uh, you know, when, when somebody new comes in the retirement village where you are, you know, make sure that you go and you uh, invite them around for, for a cup of coffee and, uh, and a Greek biscuit or five. You know, and so she goes, yep. And I say, Mom, you need to be preaching the gospel, Mom. 
And she says, how? So I said, when Nana or Poppy opposite you are new, invite them over. You know, us Greeks have photos of all the family, you know, past, present, and future on, on the walls. You know, and, and we kind of go, you know, the person's, you can say, Mom, this is my daughter, Cape Town, married, two boys. My beautiful son, Australia. <laughs> Perth, one beautiful son, beautiful wife, beautiful grandson. All oh, good people. You know, he's a pastor in the church. You, you go to church? You know, so you slowly sow seeds wherever you are. You're sitting here, you're saying, I'm 90 years old, there's nothing I can do. I'm waiting to die. There, are, there is heaps you can do. You can write a letter to a missionary and encourage them. Well, I'm 15 years old, there's nothing I can do. There is heaps you can do. Each and every one of us sitting here tonight can be, to this morning, can be an Andrew in the kingdom of God if we're prepared to follow Jesus, take up our broom and go and become a bridge builder for him. Leading services, uh, part of worship, uh, pastoral work, counseling, uh, care for the aged, Bible study group leaders, uh, home visitation, uh, helping uh, Sarah in the Sunday school, helping Braden with the youth. There is so much that each and every one of us can do. If you don't look at me in the eye after the service, I'll understand that the Holy Spirit is working in your heart. But folk, we should be out there like those busy chickens looking for opportunities to serve. If you go back to the previous slide there, uh, David Bosch, great missiologist, said it this way. The church has borne witness in different time and places in different ways. This is important. There are occasions when dynamic action in society is called for. There are others when a word must be spoken, others when behavior of Christians one to another is the telling witness. On still other occasions, the simple presence of a worshiping community or person is the witness. These different dimensions of witness to the Lord are always a matter of concrete obedience. To take them in isolation from one another is to distort the gospel. You see, that's why Paul calls us the body of Christ. There is one head. His name is Jesus. You and I are the body. Oh, but I want to be the head. No, no, no. Jesus is the head, and we are part of the body. I had a bit of an incident when I was in the army in 1986, and a bullet went through my toe with an overcharged round. It's still there. It's all good. It looks fine. Uh, no matter how ugly toes look, you're, you know, you're big. And I, I, they said, look after that toe. Make sure it doesn't get infected because you, they might need to amputate your toe and you will need to walk again. No, can't be from a toe. Yes, from a toe. That weird-looking specimen at the end of your <laughs> foot called your big toe, if that's missing, you'll need to learn to walk again. We all need one another in the body of Christ. That's how God created us. And then Gerald Foley, in Empowering the Laity, in his book in 1986, said, the church, in that next slide, is a community gathered to be sent out to the world. Community entails an understanding of the church as sacrament. Folk, we think that that's kind of a foreign word. The word sacrament is a theological word which means a sign of God's grace. 
that you and I are to be sacramental. We are to be signs of God's grace in the world. The church does not exist for itself, but to continue God's work in the world. You see, it's because Andrew found Jesus, Evrika, Eureka, and he was able to go and bring his brother. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, it's hard to go and tell others about him. And so Andrew found the Lord Jesus Christ. And what did he do? Well, he went and shared the good news about his Savior. And so the reason for the filling is the overflow. Friends, there are great lessons to learn from Andrew. Not too much that we can read about uh, him. But one thing is sure, uh, certain, that he was able to understand who Jesus was, and then he was able to go out and share the good news with who he came in touch with. I want to end off by reading you a story about a boat. A man was asked to paint a boat. He brought his paint and brushes and began to paint the boat a bright red, as the owner asked him. While painting, he noticed a small hole in the hull and quietly repaired it. When he finished painting, he received his money and left. The next day, the owner of the boat came to the painter and presented him with a big wad of cash, much more than the payment for the painting. The painter was surprised and said, you've already paid me for painting the boat, sir. But this is not for the paint job. It's for repairing the hole in the boat. Ah, oh, but it was such a small service. Certainly, it's not worth paying me such a high amount for something so insignificant. My dear friend, you do not understand. Let me tell you what happened. When I asked you to paint the boat, I forgot to mention the hole. When the boat dried, my kids took the boat and went on a fishing trip. They did not know that there was a hole. I was not at home at that time. When I returned and noticed that they had taken the boat, I was desperate because I remembered that the boat had a hole. Imagine my relief and joy when I saw them returning from fishing. Then I examined the boat and found that you had repaired the hole. You see now what you did? You saved the life of my children. I do not have enough money to pay your small good deed. And then the story goes, and the quote up there, so no matter who, when, or how, continue to help, sustain, wipe tears, listen attentively, and carefully repair all the leaks you find. You never know when one is in need of us, or when God holds a pleasant surprise for us to be helpful and important to someone. And so the story is about reaching out, because you never know the value that you can add in somebody's life. St. Francis of Assisi said it this way, preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. Preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but you're also our God, the God who cares for each and every one of us and cares for us intimately. Lord, we pray that you will guide us, that you will lead us, 
that, Lord, now that we have found you, or you have found us and called us to follow you, we might go out and share the story, the story of your glory, the story that you've called us, that you've graced us, that you've equipped us. And may we build the church up and build one another up and edify one another for the glorification of your name. So the name of Jesus will be made famous. Help us to do this, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.